I mentioned in a previous episode that I'm sick with COVID, and the cool thing is this episode is, uh, well, it's uncool on my end, but uh, the thing about it is, uh, I don't even put a qualifier on it, is that this episode is recorded the exact same day. Uh, so, as you can imagine, guess who's still sick with COVID? Um, this is my third time, right? Uh, so, you know, not that anyone's counting, but I feel like it's something that maybe I should be able to count. Like, you know, I... I don't ever want to be ashamed of my age. I think aging is a beautiful thing. And I am kind of ashamed of the number of times I've had COVID. But um, I, th- I think it's still okay. I think it's still important to keep a running tally on the um, numbers, right? How do they work? But um, I'm really interested to see if I can just pull the COVID card to get out of certain things. And uh, I don't mean like jury duty, you know, or if I get pulled over, um, I don't want to be like, well, I had COVID three times and think that it's going to do anything. I also don't mean my vaccination card. I mean the fact that I've had COVID three separate times. And specifically, what I want to see if I can get out of is um, menopause. Because I am having, so if you even had COVID, um, sometimes you get hot flashes, and I'm having one right now. And I feel like garbage. But it reminded me of menopause, which reminded me of something else. But before I get to that, I should probably let you know who I am. Um, my name is Mickey Soro. I am COVID haver extraordinaire. And I'm the host of this podcast. It's mine. Hi. It's actually called What's Mine Is Ours, spelled H-O-U-R-S. Because for about an hour, I'm going to try to speak to you um, <laughs> um, about whatever the hell I want. And... Um, it's actually not going to be about menopause. It's a redirection, um, or a misdirection. Um, I didn't read the directions. Anyway, um, I have a body that one day I will go through menopause. Um, you know, and it, it's, I, I, I do need to read more about it. Um, I do need to, I do need to do some more research. I definitely read, um, like our bodies ourselves when I was like 17 and I'm 25 and, um, I have a shitty memory, and also, I'm pretty sure there have been, um, like, updated versions of the book that have been released, like, I found it in my public library, but, like, I'm from a really small town, so, like, I don't know to what extent it made it there, (laughs) like, the updated version, um, and, like, also, I was kind of, like, going through shit, where I was kind of, like, not, I was trying to read it, and, like, be, like, you know, educated. Obviously, I want to be more, there's such a huge failing, not to get, like, super serious, legit three minutes into the podcast. There's a huge failing in, uh, I'm American, in American sex ed. I'm from Massachusetts, before anybody hops on the worst city, except from train, haha, <laughs> early Easter egg. Um, I think there's a huge failing in American sex education, right? I don't think I'm the first person to say that. I do truly genuinely wish that I can be the least person to say it, but like I you know, there used to be a lot of change that happens. Um, like genuinely. I think that it fails people in they don't get to know about uh their bodies. You know what I mean? Not so like you know, I mean like that's why the book Our Bodies Ourselves exists and that sort of thing. And similar books, The Care and Keeping of You, and I'm sure there were some for uh, Amy and people as well. I believe I've seen one. I could not, I cannot remember the title. But um, there has been a huge failing. And I think um, it would be really great if people could were able to access information about their own bodies. And if just like having a body and going through any sort of aging process 
wasn't like taboo and if we could talk about these things um like normally you know what i mean and i get that i'm like super biased because like you know i my whole job is caring for people that are aging and i you know i i talk to people and they do feel very like is very actively you know 70s 80s 90s 100s I, I i work with some people that are in their hundreds like you know some of them are like stoked to be aging but a lot of them are like you know i just <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like nobody should have to feel that way like i i could do a whole separate episode um but because uh about this but because it's a serious topic i probably should do it um when i have my voice speak when i sound a little bit better and i'm able to sound a little bit more like me <laughs> Um, so, but, like, you know, I work with people, they, they'll be in their 90s, and, like, they're still, like, clinging to diet culture, and, like, they'll say very, like, eating disordered statements, I'm like, holy shit, I'm so sorry, because, like, you know that's followed them for all 90 years, it's fucked up, um, the same thing about, like, aging bodies, they'll just, like, make comments, like, self-deprecating, where they're, like, and it's like, I, I feel so bad, you've had to go your whole life, being told that about having an aging body and being told misinformation about having a body that ages naturally through the passage of time. And, like, it's, like, 90, 100 years of, like, self-hate. It's fucked up. Um, so, yeah. I think that, like, shit should be destigmatized. I think we should have conversations about things like aging, um, uh, diet culture, menopause. It's, like I was saying, it's a big mystery for me. I don't know super much about it. I've definitely read about it. Um... And I would like to read more about it before the time comes for me, because I do have a body that I'm only 25 now, but I do have a body that will experience menopause one day. So, but you know what I experience now that, um, and also like I'm working to like educate myself on like my body and the functions of it and that sort of thing. Um, because I don't, despite living in an AFIA body for 25 years, I, you know, I don't know a lot, you know what I mean? Like there's little parts of my body that I think are probably normal, but, you know, that I'm still, like, ashamed of because I've never seen representation in other people. I don't know if I have a, I'm sure I have a clit, but I don't know where to find it, you know, that sort of thing. So, like, these are things we're all trying to, like, hey, man, no stigma, just, like, learn at your own pace, you know what I mean? But also, the fact that it has to be kind of self-taught or taught, like, at a community level, or, like, you know, the fact that it's, like, something they'd all learn through social media it, it is cool because there's an outreach, but it's also like the fact that I didn't know any of it before hitting like sex positive Instagram or that sort of thing is a sign of a giant failing. Um, and one day I will have to face the giant failing of a society not having taught me jack shit about menopause and me also as a person not being educated enough to ask the right questions, although hopefully that's something that I overcome. I do, however, um, experience uh, menstruation, which is a different thing that I'm not super, I'm more educated about this, but it's a different thing that, um, I'm experiencing now, so not active, not in this moment, but, um, up until menopause, right, that's the thing, um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, sorry that, <clears throat> sorry, sorry to go on that rant, I have COVID brain fog, I can't tell whether or not it's changing the way that I speak, like, I don't know if I make less sense to you guys. I feel myself making less sense in my head. I thought it would be very interesting to record some podcasts while sick, um, just because, you know, 
why not, right? I have all this free time, and it also is interesting to see to what extent the brain fog translates to other people, because I've been sicker with COVID, like, the first time, and people could fully tell that I hate brain fog. This was, I was, like, in one of the first waves in my state, so, um, pre-vaccination, because they hadn't come up with the vaccine yet, so, like, I was gone. <laughs> I was, like, it was like being cross-faded, but, um, with illness, and bad, and at work, because I was at work at the time. There's a whole separate thing that I could probably do an episode on, but, um, I've been meaning to make this episode for a while. I know I say that it would, like, literally every episode, but, um, I had the, the, the hot flesh, menstruation, menopause, you know, slash sort of the joke lined up, so I was like, fuck it, let's just do it right now. I'm having a hot flesh. I don't have anything to do anyway. Uh, I'm so excited to not have COVID anymore. Um, but um, I wanted to do this episode for a while because I have a lot of um, periods. Um, <laughs> so I mean, like, you know, I've been, I've been having my period since I think sixth grade. I think it's something that I don't mean to like gross anybody out. You know what I mean? Because I do, I do fully understand, like I've met people with like, not that I'm like showing people any of my blood that comes out of any of my body, but I've met people with like severe blood phobias and I don't want to like shame anybody. And I don't want to like make anybody feel uncomfortable because like, I don't even like to look at blood, like even outside of a period setting. Like if I'm watching like a horror movie, it doesn't have to be the best special effect for me to be like, Ugh! you know what I mean? Um, so, and it's always where I think of like baseline. I know that blood makes people really uncomfortable and I don't mean to be disrespectful to it. So I do want to, you know, um, give a warning about that. Also, um, talking about periods and that sort of thing can be uncomfortable for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And I also don't want to be disrespectful to that. So I do want to say, um, at the outset that it's kind of what I thought I'd be talking Whoa, sorry, dropping my computer. It's what I would be talking about today because, um, <coughs> you know, I, I know that it makes, um, a lot of people, very dysphoric, um, in one way or another, and I don't want anybody to, uh, like, I don't want anybody to be caught off guard with it, you know what I mean? Like, I, whoopsie, something fell down, um, I was, like, rooting around in my closet looking for, I fucking, looking for candles, I'm burning my candles to keep me company, and I think one of my candle, uh, bags fell down, it's okay, um, I don't know if you guys could hear that, if, uh, I don't have a mic, so I don't know if you could just hear that through the computer. But anyway, um, you know, I know that a lot of people, um, like trans and binary people, um, get dysphoric about um, if they do have periods and they don't want to experience them, or if the fact that they aren't able to have a period, um, like if they trigger dysphoria for them, I definitely don't want to be disrespectful of any of that. Um, so I did just want to do it. Also, like people with like, you know, any sort of like you know, sexual trauma, or that sort of thing, talking about anything that happens in that kind of area, or even, like, you know, sex repulsed people, like, anything in that sort of area, even though, like, you know, obviously genitals aren't inherently, like, a boot, like, you can even, you know what I'm trying to say, like, I feel weird about genitals, I know a lot of other people feel weird about genitals, and about, like, bodily functions they have to do with them and that sort of thing, so I definitely do want to be respectful of people's boundaries with it and to give, like, a good, not that this is good, but give, like, a good disclaimer, like, at the beginning, this is kind of going to be what it's about, and, um, you know, it's going to be mostly stories, <laughs> um, on my end, because, um, I mean, like, about my experience, because, um, 
I think it is important to have, um, you know, more of a, not that I'm anybody, but I think it is, you know, people are so mystified by trans bodies and like not in a cool way. You know what I mean? Like people are so freaked out and like shocked about trans bodies, about trans people and non-binary people and agender people. And, you know, some people, there's overlaps for those and some people uh, don't feel an overlap between those labels. So I don't want to uh, discriminate there. But um, some people are just like so like freaked out by the fact that we have bodies, right? And that we do have like bodily functions because they're freaked out baseline by the fact that we exist. Um, and so there's like a huge taboo on trans people's bodies and like people explaining their relationships to them, explaining what they do naturally, explaining what they wish they didn't do naturally. It's like a whole thing. Like I'll never be able to explain like a trans feminine experience um, because it's just not my experience and I would never claim for it to be. It's not my place to talk, but I have read a lot from trans, uh, trans feminine people on the internet. There's a huge dichotomy of people being, um, and I've seen it too, um, of, of people being, like, simultaneously, like, hypersexualizing their bodies and being like, these are people that only exist in porn, which is disgusting, and also at the same time sending death threats and that sort of thing, and harassment and, and vicious abuse and, and physical abuse um, towards people that just happen to be trans-feminine uh, because of their bodies and because they don't necessarily fit certain boxes that people would like everybody to fit into and it's fucked up so there is the huge dichotomy between existing as purely a pornographic creature which is a disgusting thing to say of another person and then also existing is an unfathomable monster which is also a disgusting thing to say of another person and it's a huge problem that plagues um mainstream cis hetero society's um view of trans feminine bodies and like you know um and also, like, I don't mean, like, I don't mean they didn't like a sex negative way or anything. If somebody, if somebody were to be, like, self-empowered, like, I, you know, I'm a monster, you know, or, like, I am a pornographic creature. More power to them. But it isn't, like, a dichotomy that anyone should be forced to live under against their will, uh, or face the threat of violence for not living in, or even for having force. You know what I mean? So, um, there's that. Um, and then, like, also, you know, there's not so much a focus on uh, transmasculine bodies. Um, so, but I've also read things on the internet where people are like, you know, there's a different set of, like, chasers and that sort of thing, where the minute that somebody actually, if medical transition feels right for them, if they do start undergoing medical transition, you know, there's people that are like, that's my cutoff, like, I'll chase trans men up until this point, because then... I can't, like, sexualize their bodies and um, continue to treat them as how I would treat a woman in my mind, that sort of thing. And it's terrible, too. Um, I don't consider myself transmasculine. I consider myself transneutral. And uh, full disclosure, um, which I do not know anybody, but, um, you know, I am in a body that um, I have not medically transitioned. And I have no plans to medically transition. Um, I'm not on tea. I I I um I really appreciate. I get a lot of comments about people asking if I'm on tea. Not like a lot, but like when I do get them, it, it stands out um, because of my voice. And I I do actually really appreciate it. Um, but I do feel kind of bad because I'm like I'm really sorry. Like I don't want anybody like 
to look up to me and be like, well, that's what I want to happen to me when I'm on tea. Cause it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this happened to me. You know what I mean? Like I, this is just, this is the baseline for my voice. If I were to go on tea, it would probably drop a little. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't want anyone to, to base their transition goals off of me just because I just, I, I didn't do anything. I, I do feel kind of bad. So, um, also transition doesn't have to be medical. Um, I'm going to talk about periods eventually, I swear to God. <laughs> um, but like you can socially transition. You don't have to transition at all if it doesn't feel right to you. Um, you know, you're not required to have top surgery or bottom surgery or get a, your, your, your chest done and, um, you know, any sort of HRT or uh, FFS or anything like that. Um, it's not, you know, you just do as you feel, you know what I mean? Um, so, and I think that's important, but, um, so I'm also, it's also a disclaimer to say that like, I, my experience in a trans body in general, and then also, it, you know, in a trans neutral body and a bi-gender body and a gender fluid body, and also my experience is someone who menstruates in a uh, non-binary body, in a bi-gender body, in a gender fluid body. And also just my experience in an AFib body in general does not, uh, or a human body in general, like straight up, um, does not and will never like, you know, fit everybody else's experience. So I, I do just want to say that because I, I, you know, I don't want people to come away and be like, well, they said X, Y, Z, mine doesn't do that. I feel kind of weird about that. Cause it's like, you know, it's, yeah, I, everybody is different. You know what I mean? Everybody's baseline is different. No two people, even if they have like the same condition or the same transition or, um, anything like that are exactly the same. Like, you know, I mentioned a lot on TikTok that I have hearing loss, but my hearing loss isn't the same as everybody else's hearing loss because, you know, different reasons different types, different, um, like people can have different things that work best when it comes to hearing loss, whether it's like manual language, learning to lip read, amplifiers, hearing aids, cochlear, that sort of thing. So, um, so, you know, everybody, I just, I have so many fucking thoughts about bodies. I'm sorry to derail this. This is a comedy show. Um, so, but, um, it's occurred to me, which is why I wanted to do this episode straight up in general, um, it's occurred to me that sometimes when I do mention experiences, first of all, people think I'm a fucking idiot, which is, like, fair, um, but also sometimes when I do mention experience, sorry, when I do mention experiences, um, it occurs to me that, like, nobody's ever goddamn fucking heard of a single thing I'm trying to say, so I, I do want to, you know, I, it's a small platform, but I do want to use this platform to kind of like, destigmatized sort of things. People, you know, outside of the trans community never talk about, um, what it's like to be a trans person with a period. And I don't, like I said, I don't know everybody single. <coughs> God fucking damn it. This is maybe the worst episode to do with COVID, I'm sorry. You know, I don't know everybody's experience, and I would never claim to speak for everybody's experience, because, you know, I, it, definitely, I come from a completely different experience, is somebody that's white, you know, able-bodied, um, non-binary as opposed to like binary trans or something bisexual as opposed to any other sexuality um that sort of thing so um you know what i mean like um so you know i can't speak for everybody's experience i can only speak for mine but um i just wanted to put my experience out there because um you know 
Apparently people don't know it's an experience. And I'm going to tell you why. Very, very specifically, there is a reason why I wanted to do a period episode. And I can't, now that I fucking have the brain fog, I can't remember the exact um, context. But I'm going to try. This was like a while ago. But, um, okay, so I think, I think somebody aced me for a period, and I hid one. I think that was it. Someone aced me for a period, and I hid one, and somebody was shocked that I hid one. And they were like, wait, you need those? Not like, they knew I was, that I'm atheist. <coughs> Even though, like, assigned gender at birth... Yeah, you know, I don't want it to be a defining feature about me, and I, you know, I don't think it, I mean it, you know, you know what I mean. I don't think it, like, I don't want it to be a defining feature about me, but at the same time, this person that was surprised by it very much made the fact that I was born female a defining feature about me, and I was like, bro, you can, you can not, they, they would be chill, but he was surprised that I had one, and he was like, wait, you need those? And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, sometimes I, you know, he's a self-deprecating joke, I was like, Sometimes I like to pretend that I don't, but, you know, I still do, which I knew would ring up. It. Sometimes I dumb down my comedy to for cis people a little bit. Not that I'm funny, but I know that they might not necessarily. Also, not that, like, I make jokes that are, like, shocking and, excuse me, shocking and, like, you know, <laughs> the funniest thing the trans community has ever seen. But, um, you know, I, you know, the the fact that it's shocking to cis people usually makes them laugh a bit, a little bit. They're like, wow, you're, you're, um, <coughs> you're like the, the writer of Family Guy, but trans. And it's like, well, no, but sure. Um, Seth Rogen? Is that his name? I'm gonna get canceled. Anyway, um, Green? Seth Green? Is that a person? Myers? Anyway, no, it's Michael. I'm Michael. Um, Michael. <laughs> My brother. Me. Me. I love Will Arnett. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I was like, so I said that, and he was like, well, what do you do? He took it, full, like, I said it, like, laughing, and like, that sort of, like, very wink, wink, nudge, nudge, obviously this is a joke, because you've only seen me, you've only ever seen me wear menswear, and I can tell because you've told me that you very specifically categorize me in your mind as woman pretending to be man, so I'm playing with a your reality, which is a joke anyway, like very, well, not to be like meta, but very, also not to, you know, use a word that's probably copyrighted by Facebook now, but, you know, very distinctly layers based off of his fuckery, um, and he's like, it, it, like, straight face, like, does not realize that I'm joking at all, he's like, what do you do when you pretend? Do you just bleed all over the place because you won't put a pin on? And I was like, no, I'm saying that, like, I like to forget that I have a period, and then it sneaks up on me, and I go, oh, goddamn, <laughs> whoops, just like, just, but he's just, like, leaving a snail trail of blood all around until you remember you're a woman again, and it's like, holy mother of fucking god, no, first of all, have I ever left a snail trail of blood? Not around him. I certainly have, but not uh, accidentally, but not, and like, you know, I cleaned it up, but it, not around him, not as an adult. Um, so it's, um, they, I think, explains how cis people conceptualize trans people that, and non-binary people that have periods. Um, so 
That's what we have to work with here. That's why I wanted to do this episode. Because, like, if they don't have a single goddamn fucking baseline understanding, uh, baseline of understanding bone in their goddamn fucking bodies, then I don't get to make jokes anymore. And that's fucked up. Because I'm going to be bleeding until I'm fucking, like, 50. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm going to want to make at least one period joke within the next 25 years. Okay? And uh, this is the platform for it. But also, like, I want to be able to make the joke and then not have people accusing me of fire hosing my blood around and yelling, it's trans pride. You know what I mean? Because it's literally what he was accusing me of. And I was like, okay, first of all, I, you know, if I could choose to fire hose it, I would into the toilet because I feel like they would get it out faster. And then I wouldn't have to do like the over a week of like cramps and shitting <laughs> and taking ibuprofen, which I can't swallow pills. Shout out to anyone listening that can't swallow pills. I cannot swallow pills. I have a terrible gig reflex. Um, <coughs> obviously. So, um, sorry. So, um, I take ibuprofen for cramps because it's the pill that tastes the least bad, um, because I have to dissolve it in my mouth. And I've tried everything. Aspirin? is fucking disgusting. If you try to, if you have, like, a pill of aspirin, and you try to dissolve it in your mouth, it tastes, like, metallic, but, like, not, like, in a fun, like, future way. It's just, like, really, really, really terrible. I think I only tried it, like, once, and I was like, you know what? I'm fine. I am okay with never doing that again. <laughs> um, I've tried Tylenol. Also, it doesn't taste great. Um, but I, you know, I got, like, first I got the capsules with, like, the little beans in them, and I had to pop the capsule open and, like, drink the beans, and I was like, this is fucked up. And then, um, I also got the cape, uh, the liquid capsule, the liquid gels, and I did those for a while, but they make a mess. And the reason why they make a mess is, uh, I would have to pop it with my teeth and suck on it, which also tastes fucking nasty. Um... I just, that's a huge fucking liquid gel, first of all. And I mean, I guess it depends on dosage, but you know, I had really severe period cramps when I was younger, um, and a little bit now, but they go away faster, which is cool. Um, it'll be just like day one. And the next day it's like, we're still here, but a lot less. And I'm like, I appreciate it, I guess. Um, but like, so I'd have to like, I would take like my canine tooth and I would just stick it on and I would, cause I couldn't swallow it cause the pill was fucking huge. I would just go click, pop it. And then I would suck it. And then I would throw away the pill um, part, and it was nasty and disgusting and the worst thing ever. But ibuprofen tastes bad, but I'm used to it by now. Um, it doesn't taste nearly as bad as aspirin. They're also physically smaller pills, so um, it dissolves. When it dissolves, it's like less of it to deal with. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I only gig a little, so it's fine. Uh, and it works, which is the most important part. Um, I even tried to dissolve Motrin. I know a lot of people take Motrin. Not sure what Motrin is. Um, hit me up if you've ever dissolved Motrin or popped a liquid Motrin. Is it something? And, uh, swallowed it. Does it taste good? Yeah, just let me know. Um, yeah, so I'm a monster. I'm a monstrosity. But you know what? I'm just gonna say, at least I take the pills now. Because, so... My coworker was partially correct. I would never slime around the blood. You know what I mean? Like he he was like accusing me of full contamination, blood on the ceilings, like rolling in my own, you know, whatever. 
like, destigmatize, period, blood, but also, like, well, obviously I'm not, like, doing a public art installation with it. Like, I'm not, like, sticking my hands inside of myself and rubbing it on the walls like he thought I was. I was, like, literally, it's just a joke about how I forget what my body is. But, you know, God bless. Um, but I used to, when I was, because I started getting my period pretty young, I used to, every time, every time it, it, it you know, it came up again, I was like, it's not going to hurt his speed this time, you know? And then it always would. And I'd be like, God fucking damn it. Like, I, I would be like, okay, you know, I've done it before. And um, I'm just, I'm coming big stronger. You know, it was like a sports movie for me. And I don't watch sports movies. So they could be, it might not be any up to comparison, but I don't care. Um, and I would just be like, because I remember that I would like wake up and I'd be like, okay, I'm on my period. Fuck. Okay. Um, I think I can just like go to school. Pop a pit on, pop a couple pits on, and um, just fucking roll up to school. And it would be like halfway through, like first period, and I'd be like, I gotta go, to the nurse. This is fucked up. Um, so because like I just thought I, I, I was like, one day it'll stop hurting. One day it'll stop hurting, or I'll be stronger than the pain. And you know what? I never have been, and it never has. <laughs> um, and it's okay. Um, so, but I, you know, I, I do definitely, it was coming from definitely a place of dysphoria because I, I didn't necessarily have a name for, um, my gender. And I was just kind of like, um, I knew that what I was experiencing was kind of uncomfortable for me. I mean, other than the pain thing, I was kind of like, damn, this sucks. And I should be able to find a way out of it. And it's like, it's not, they, but you know, having to throw up in first period because of how painful it is, is not finding a way out of it. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I thought I could like outsmart it. I thought I could mind over meter it. I was like, come on. It's not even like, it's like real, but like, it doesn't have to be. And it's like, it's real. It's real. And it has to be. Um, but it also doesn't have to be because ibuprofen. So I was a fucking cunt. Anyway, um, speaking of periods in school, Oh, you guys want to hear my first period story? Thank fucking God. First of all, shout out um, American Girl Dolls. Specifically, shout out, shout out my American Girl Doll, Kelly. She was supposed to look like me. I don't know why I named her Kelly. It's not remotely my name at all. Oh, it's because she had Kelly green eyes. I remember. Um, my eyes are hazel, but whatever. I also, I always feel so, um, I always feel so gross saying that it's listed as hazel on my driver's license, like, it's legit, like, I've had people ask me about my eye color, and then I do the hick thing, and I don't even realize it, where I, like, cross my eyes, and I'm like, I don't know, I can't see him, people are like, you're a monster, and I'm like, I am a monster, but I also, you know, I'm not the, you know, I can't, like, psychically see my eye through my nose, you know what I mean, like, whatever, um, as cool as he would be, um, but, um, yeah, I always feel pretentious telling people my eye color is hazel, because I'm like, Ugh. I'm not trying to, like, ebony darkness dementia raven way, like, myself, you know, I'm not a Harry Potter insert, because fuck J.K. Rowling, I'm not, like, someone's, you know, sold to One Direction fanfiction character, do I look like it? Sure. Um, but I'm like, it's, because, like, also, most of my relatives have blue eyes, um, so I'm like, oh god, I'm like double special, where I don't have the blue eyes, and then also I have fucking wick green eyes, like, it's fucked. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's, that's my darkest secret. Um, but, right, so, my doll Kelly, shout out to her, um, she was my American Girl doll, she's around somewhere, she's at my parents' house, uh, shout out Kelly, shout out whoever wrote The Care and Keeping of You. 
because I fucking, I might never hit the lottery because I already spent up all my luck in sixth grade. Also, I think I've only ever actively bought one scratch ticket in my adult, two, two scratch tickets in my adult life, and uh, I won nothing on both. So, you know, then you know why? I should have goddamn fucking known. It's because I spent up all my, <laughs> I spent up all my luck on the first day of sixth grade. So, uh, over the summer, the summer, fifth grade going into sixth grade, right? So, um, my mom bought me a copy of the care, of the care and keeping of you, because she didn't want to hear the conversation, which, thank fucking God, is a comedian, is a trans person, is a fucking moron. I don't think I would have handled the conversation well with her. There would have been jokes, there would have been skits, I would have done voices, I was very into doing Shaggy's voice, um, from Scooby-Doo. Also, shout out the new Scooby-Doo reboot. Um, it looks cool. Like, I don't know why, I mean, I know why people are upset about it. It's because they're racists. Um, it looks fucking chill. Happy that, uh, you know, the, the, there's so many people of color involved on the staff, or not staff, what's the fucking word that they use? Cast? Crew. Cast? Cast. It's an animated series. It doesn't need a crew, I don't think. Um, I don't know much about television. But happy booth it. Also, uh, happy that Velma's a lesbian with a love interest in the first episode. Fuck yeah. Looks chill. Kind of want to see it. Don't know what streaming platform it's on. We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, I loved doing Shaggy's voice. So that would have come up at some point during the, the puberty talk. And that, I think, would have tanked me. Um, yeah, I think I would have paid to, like... I think I, I think I would have been, like sent to a like a like a not remedial school but like a boarding school like a cheap one but they would have been like go to vermont just get out of here fine hell yeah vermont trees shit fuck yeah okay um but yeah um so uh, my mom bought me the care of keeping it care and keeping a view which is a book published by the american girl doll publishing company they have a publishing company which is pretty chill um and it explains everything. It's actually looking... I haven't looked at it in solidly over a decade. But, uh, like, to be honest. But um, I remember at the time it was, like, really informative. And, you know, it had, like, diagrams. And it explained things at a kid-friendly level. And I know that because I was a kid reading it. And I understood. So, and, like, I was a dumb fucking kid. <laughs> so, but they, they did it in a way that I was able to understand. And, like, you know anticipate those changes happening and kind of like one one hip and i'd be like oh right got it yep so um i remembered that uh it, it said that something about like kids around my age might start getting their periods so i you know it's my mom and made sure to bring a paid to school so in my town six so okay let's explain the school system in the tiny massachusetts town where i grew up we have, all right, one, two, three, three elementary schools, um, and then a secondary elementary school, two secondary elementary schools. So for the uninitiated, elementary school is pre-K, kindergarten, first, second, third? No, first, second. And then secondary elementary, which was two conjoined identical buildings. But if you said it was one building, they'd like send you to the principal's office, which like, fuck it. Nobody heard my voice until sixth grade other than my close friends. So like, 
I could fucking say whatever I goddamn wanted with a fucking building. It was the same goddamn fucking building. And if you're from the town I'm from, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it was third, fourth, fifth, right? And then junior high, which I think we hate to cool, they changed it to middle. But like junior high, who cares? Was um, sixth, seventh, eighth, and then high schools ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, right? So uh, the, the big jump. There was the summer that I was gonna. The jump from secondary elementary, which is fake. They, I don't think other places do that. <laughs> but I'm from a very special town. Uh, there was the year that I was going to be jumping from secondary elementary to junior high. So, first day of junior high, we all get introduced to the concept of lockers, right? We, we never had lockers. We'd only had cubbies and, like, little boxes by our desks. Um, and so, it was like, I remember there was a huge ceremony. Not, like, ceremony, but, like... Um, we, we all went to like the auditorium or the multipurpose room or whatever. And, you know, one of the members of the, the administrative staff held up like a, like a, a round lock, you know, like a, a locker lock or a bike lock and was like, this is how you do it. And I'm going to be honest, 25 pro, I could not open one. I mean, I could, cause I have a lock pick kit on my keychain. Um, but as a person, I would not be able to open one of those locks. Goddamn right now. It would take me some time. Um, but, you know, administrative staff in the auditorium, this is how a lock works. You put it on your locker, which is where you put textbooks, not valuable items such as iPod Classic, you know, whatever the fuck was going on technologically at the time. Um, So got my locker, right? Cool, chill. Got my locker combo. Wasn't great at it. Was notorious in my school system for having terrible motor skills. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying somebody should have pulled me aside and given me a little extra direction on using the lock, but at the same time, someone should have pulled me aside and given me a little extra direction on the lock. I hid a file on me about, first of all, get me help. You know what I mean? Like now as an adult, I'm like self-advocacy, but also at the same time, if there's a file on a young child saying their motor skills suck fucking ass and I wish they were dead, pull them aside. Pull them aside. Be like, hey, dude, you can't hold scissors. Let's talk about it. Instead of being like, danger. You know, because I literally had a file since like kindergarten. They was like, danger. Held scissors incorrectly once. Murderer? And it was like, okay, whatever. So, and the file followed me until I graduated. Um, also, spoiler spoiler alert, um, I'm a crafter now. I knit, I embroider, I sew. Um, <laughs> guess who uses scissors? Uh, I don't run with them, though. I retain the knowledge. But anyway, shit fuck motor skills, dumb fuck kid. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely was missing. Um, uh, I'm Right now, I'm in the process of trying to figure out whether or not I have... Um, it's not dyskinesia. There's a name of... Um, the proprioceptive disorder that people have told me multiple times that I seem like I have, and I was always like, yeah, and I brushed it off, but then, like, looking back on it, it's like, holy shit, so many things about my life now make sense. So I very obviously was, um, showing signs of having a proprioceptive and gross and fine motor skill disorder, and everyone was like, this kid's gonna, this kid's gonna rock on locks, this kid's gonna fucking, you know, Jeffrey Dammer somebody with their goddamn fucking scissors. But, like, this kid's gonna rock on locks. Did not rock on locks. Sucked at locks. So, first day of sixth grade. 
Got my luck. Don't have my proprioceptive disorder diagnosis. Got my period. Couldn't open my locker where my pad was. Had to go, but I remembered in the care of keeping of you, it was like, it's okay to ask an adult. And I was like, uh, do I have to? Um, so I had to go back and ask my sixth grade teacher in front of everybody, um, can you open my locker for me? And of course it's like, why? Because like, like, do you have a cell phone in there? Do you want to text your little boyfriend? And it's like, no, no, no. First of all, I have a Motorola Razor that um I share between me and my two siblings, okay? I'm the one that gets to hold it the most office, the most often, because I, <laughs> this is so fucking sad, I started having panic attacks in, like, first grade, and the school nurse was, like, tired of me, and the principal was tired of me, so my parents were like, okay, fine, you can hold the cell phone so that you can call us when you have a panic attack so that um the school nurse doesn't, like, get you fucking expelled because you suck, uh, which is fair. And I'm fine now. I'm just still proprioceptively broken, which is okay. And so, you know, I was like, no, but the phone didn't text. So I'm not like texting my little sixth, first day, sixth grade boyfriend. I had to be like, no, I got my period and I need my period. And, you know, I, you know, I kept it, I kept it quiet, but, um, the whole class hurt. And yeah, I also like, I'm the weird kid from the weird family. So, and it was also pre-k through sixth grade of fucking weird and i could just tell people were like fucking goddamn motherfucking jesus fucking christ on a fucking biscuit shaped cross like this fucking goddamn stupid ass peach fuzzed motherfucker is like (laughs) vying for attention first day of sixth grade and it's like no 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 i'm trying not to bleed i'm trying not to bleed i'm trying to hold it in but i can't in care of keeping if you said that i can't it really sucks and you know i was just now I'm a weird adult. Now I have a podcast. So everyone that remembers me from sixth grade, um, bleeding my pants, uh, just remember, I'm a podcaster now. That's not a threat. There's no universe in which that's a viable threat. And it's okay. I don't mean it to be threatening. I just mean it to be like, hey, I got worse. I got worse somehow. But at least I like, keep my pads on me. I keep my pads on me. God dang it, Bobby. <laughs> Uh, I love propane and propane accessories. Anyway, um, so, it's my first period story. (coughs) Sorry. Fucked up, yo, right? Little bit. God, why did I suck so much as a kid? Anyway, um, you know, I definitely, um, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I definitely as a kid really wanted to use tampons. Um, and of course, uh, cause I was like, you know, the pid is, my mom, you know, bought my clothes as a kid and she used to buy these really fucking tight pants. Like I was a skinny kid and I went through puberty and I got hips pretty fast, but like, um, like I think she just didn't understand. Cause also it was like the low rise thing at the time. I think she just didn't understand like, well, she didn't have hips at that age, but like I was God, I hate my body, but anyway, but you know what? I should look back, um, to the past and forgive myself because like straight up, I was just having a fucking body. It's not my fault that trends didn't understand fashion trends and also that my mom refused to understand. So, you know, she'd buy these pants that were normal pants on normal people, but on somebody that did not develop tits and only developed ass, um, looked obscene. Uh, she'd always yell at me for, like, heaving hip dips, and it's like, 
okay. Um, so, but yeah, I didn't like the pants because you could kind of tell through the super, super tight pants, um, and that sort of thing. And I would also bleed through them because I had very heavy periods and I still kind of do as an adult. And, you know, I don't, but also no one ever, okay. I don't know if this is like a shared experience with anybody else. Did anybody ever quantify for anybody what a heavy period is? I don't know why I paused for you to answer. I, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. But, um, like, you know, I mean. I, you know, if I like, if somebody told me, if I, I've gone my whole life thinking I've had like moderate to heavy periods, but if somebody turned around and was like, yo, you're having the lightest goddamn period on the face of the earth, like since recorded time, I'd be like, yeah, straight up. Yeah. Yep. I am actually like, I just wouldn't know. I just would not know. And it's, that's shameful on, on the American sex ed system um, that I just like don't like I think I'm having heavy periods because I need to buy the heavy flow pants and I've always needed to buy the heavy flow pants. Um, but in like I, I layer up and that sort of thing. Um, but like it, it, it really speaks to something that even as somebody that's been having a period since for like 14 years, I think that's how that myth works out um, that like I don't like I can't say for certainty about an experience that I've been having consistently with my own body. Like I think that really does speak to something. Um and I, I wish I you know had the words to remedy it. And I you know I wish I had the power to remedy it, but I'm not so sure that I do. I don't really know what remedying it would look like. I think there needs to be like greater awareness in general of like showing anybody that has a period, you know, hey man, when we say these words, this is what we mean. And it's not stigmatized either way, because, like, I just straight up do not know. Um, but anyway, so I, I definitely, as a kid, really wanted to wear tampons. And I think now, uh, in retrospect, it's a very good idea that I never wore tampons. Because, like, in the care and keeping of you, they mentioned toxic shock syndrome. And I um, was, ter I was like, I hate severe anxiety. Excuse me, as a child. Um, and a lot of uh, paranoid thoughts and obsessive compulsive thoughts and that sort of thing. And it turns out later in life, hey man, I got a mental health condition. Um which was classified by the sort of like magical thinking, um obsessive compulsive thoughts, that sort of thing. Because it would never just be like, um, you know, because it would never be like a straightforward line of thinking of, oh, I've left my tampon in for too long. I'm going to get toxic shock syndrome and ruminating it on it that way. It would be more along the lines of like, you know, if I, you know, if I cross the street incorrectly, or like if I cross the street in a way they like a, a driver has to beep at me or something, then I'm going to leave a tampon in for too long and get toxic shock syndrome and die, that sort of thing. So like, um, I definitely had those sort of, uh, ruminations and like magical thinking that like, oh, if I do this successfully, then I won't have to face it consequence and that sort of thing. And I later found out that I fit the criteria for schizotypal personality disorder. So here we are. Um, I'm doing a lot better, um, but it was definitely something that plagued me as a child. So it actually worked in a, a teenager and a tween as well. So it's, um, and it definitely got worse with age, but then it got better. So it's pretty chill. Um, so it's, um, then it, I, so I think I was saved in a way by not really using tampons. I only used a tampon once and I fucked it up. Um, so, but at least I fucked it up in a way where I didn't have to have those compulsive thoughts and those intrusive thoughts because I had to take it out immediately. So here's the story. Um, my parents have friends 
They live on a teeny tiny little island up in Maine, and they invited us. And it's such a small island, there are no cars, which is pretty chill. Um, just golf carts, right? I'm the oldest sibling. I drove the golf cart the majority of the time because I was one closest to getting a license anyway, right? This was years ago. Um, we get to the island, fucking guess who gets their goddamn fucking period because my body hates me and my body hates the concept of vacation. Um, although apparently my body loves the concept of vacation because here I am having to take a week or more off because I have COVID. So there's that. Um, where, um, but so, you know, I get my period. None of us have, uh, my mom has like little thin mini, the mini maxi pads, like the very thin ones. And it wasn't enough for me. And I mean, not to be like, not to be greedy, but it just, it just wouldn't work with the way that my flow works. And so, you know, the commissary or whatever on the island was closed. So we had to wait it out for a little while and it was fine. She had tampons. She let me use a tampon. So I pop the tampon in. And I'm like, out. So, and I, you know, then we had to like fucking go somewhere. <coughs> Sorry. Which means taking the go-kart, right? I get behind the wheel and it hurts to sit. It hurts to step on the gas. It hurts to step on the brake. It hurts to sit in a position where I can reach the wheel. I have to pull over and look at my sibling. And I'm like, Fee, you got to drive. Fee, you got to fucking drive. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And of course, my dad is in a different go-kart. And he's like, meh, 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 You're always looking for attention, blah, 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 blah. You just want the spotlight to be on you. And it's like, literally, I think I'm dying. And I don't want the spotlight to be on you remotely at all. And I'm like, listen, I have a good reason for doing this, okay? Like, I'm not, this isn't attention. I'm just straight. I got a reason. He's like, tell me the reason. And I'm like, I put in a tampon and it hurts. And he gets mad that it's the reason. And it's like, what did you want me to say? Like, straight up? Yeah, I put on a tampon, but I'm going to actually pretend that I got fucking shot and it hurts. Is that what you wanted? Oh, the aliens came down and, and, and you know, probed me. I, I consented, but it still hurts. Like, what do you want from me? The reality is there's a tampon in my body and it fucking hurts. That's why I can't drive. I can't move my goddamn fucking legs. Do you guys want to know why it hurts so bad? I When we got to where we, we were going, I pulled it out immediately. And um, it turns out the plastic part doesn't stay inside of you. I didn't, because my mom just kind of handed it to me. It was like, it's the one. And I was like, this is the one. <laughs> up, up inside. Didn't realize there was an applicator. Thought my, my hand, thought I had applicators from God. Thought my hands were the applicators. I was doing this the old fashioned way. Turns out, <laughs> you got to take the plastic off. Um, which makes sense. Because I took it, I took it out and it was covered in blood. And I was like, well, it didn't look super absorbent, and it's, like, literally because it's cased in plastic. You dumb fucking wasteful bitch. Um, so, yeah, I fucked up so bad. But me and my sibling bring it up every so often, which, like, remember when Dad got fucking angry at me because nobody taught me how to put a tampon in, and I couldn't underage drive because of it? Just, <laughs> like, get your priorities goddamn fucking straight. Like, I could have been drunkenly piloting the go-kart, and he would have been like, it's chill. But it's like, no, ow, leg hurts, because vagina hurts, because I don't, I'm trying to turn my body into a recycling plant. Just like, you're a naughty, you're a naughty boy, girl. And it's like, yeah, sure. Nobody taught me. I mean, like, you know, in my defense, not in my defense, I, you know, I, in retrospect, yeah, it's easy to 
bully myself and be like, I should have looked it up. First of all, no internet access on the island. So, uh, but they did have a library, but like, I'm not combing through the fucking island library up in like Bar Harbor, Maine. Or not Bar Harbor. Um, the it had a name. It'll come to me. Bay Road? No, incorrect. It starts with a B. Bahamas? Bahamas, Maine? That's incorrect. Um, but, like, I'm not combing through the fucking vacation library in an island that's only inhabitable three months out of the year because none of the homes are built with insulation. Um, no, 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 no. Because it's not going to be in there. And we all know it's not going to be in there. Um, again, failing of the, the, the public school system. Also, high-key failing of me. Because I did just stick, effectively, a plastic magic wand up inside myself and was like, there's nothing. Nothing wrong happening here, honestly. I, you know, I think, I think I got all of this right. Final answer. Fucking idiot. But you know what? Hey, man, don't look back in anger. Look back uh, through the lens of comedy. I suffer um, so you can laugh at me. And it's okay to laugh. I, these are dumb, dumb shit stories that I've done. I'm destigmatizing. See? Hey, man, uh, trans people can be fucking stupid, too. Um, so there's the, let's see, other period. You know, here's the... Here's the thing. Um, at least I did something, right? At least I, like, knew I was on... Because when I was younger, you know, at least I put something in or something on. Because when I was younger, I have a very distinct memory of I, like, actively... We were in Claire's. Hey, shout out. Does anyone remember Claire's? That's where I'm going to go for my lobotomy. That's where I'm going to go for my top surgery. That's where I went to get my earlobes pierced the first time. And it was, uh, <laughs> magical. Nothing short of magical. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I could do a whole episode on piercing stories, honestly. Um, but, um, if you ever hear jingling also as well, it's because I have three dangle earrings in each ear and I wear like 10 necklaces at the same time. So it's, it's really just me moving. Um, anyway, so, uh, Claire's, right? We love them. We love them. We also love icing. Shout out icing, which I believe is owned by Claire's, but it's like the bachelorette party superstore faction of Claire's. I don't even know if they're still there. It's been so long since I've entered a mall for pleasure. I don't think I've ever had a good time in a mall. Also, who, when, speaking of malls, when was that, when, it's been maybe seven years since I entered Azumia's. And I'm just now learning it's pronounced zoomies, like what animals do when they run around and people post it to Reddit. It's zoomies. Fuck the haters. Um, anyway, mall, right? So I meet Claire's. I'm a little kid. I meet Claire's. You know, fucking got, yeah, I want, you know, earrings and whatever. I have a Furby that's covered in earrings at home. I legit... I hate a Furby that I, like, pierced his ears, I think, before I even got my ears pierced. And I would have done his nose, too, if it wasn't a plastic beak. But I couldn't I, I couldn't figure out the the the, the plastic uh, or the ethics on that. So I didn't do it. Uh, but, um, so, you know, looking at the earrings, and I just feel. I've been feeling like shit all day, right? And I'm not at the point yet, because I'm a child, where I can, like, recognize the feeling of shit and be like, oh, it's PMS, my period is coming. Because, like, I'm a kid, and I'm uneducated, and also, even if I was educated, if I'm too far gone as a person, it won't save me, right? So, clearly, I put a plastic applicator up inside myself a few years later, and it's years later, <laughs> um, and now I'm a podcaster, 
anyway, I'm not crying. It's um COVID. But so I just I'm in the clears and I feel my period start, but I also like I'm just like, am I wet? Am I pissing myself? Oh no. I'm blood pissing myself because I was not a smart kid. Um, so, but I also don't want to like, I didn't want to draw attention to it. And I thought I could get away with it for a little while. And, you know, I was like, we're probably leaving Claire's soon. But also, I don't want to like cut anybody's Claire's experience short, right? Because they would be fucked up. Um, he's like, I loved Claire's. I still love Claire's. Um, so, like, I just remember, I was so fucking stupid. I was like, I was worried that, like, standing people would see if there was a blood stain on my pants. So I kept, like, bending down. The problem is I was bending down in a way that when there was a blood stain on my pants, it was more visible. So I was fucking stupid. And then I see it on the leather or faux leather interior of my mom's car, and then I got out, and I was like, I have to tell you something, mom, I think I, uh, bled more than I thought I did. Embarrassing puberty story, right? There we go. Destigmatizing, um, but she was very understanding, and I was like, I can clean it up, and I'm sorry, and I'll buy myself new pants, and I'm sorry, and she's like, no, it's okay, and I was like, oh, you were there on sixth grade when I made a fucking fool of myself in front of everybody, so you don't know what a serially stupid period haver I am. This is working out great. I, yeah, I take no responsibility. I mean, like, obviously, I shouldn't have been free bleeding in a clear... I didn't touch anything. I did not touch... It was like a... It was a small stain until I sat down in my mom's car. Um, but, yeah. I fuck... And I would never do it today. I was just like, it, yeah, I, I'm willpower. And I was wrong, and I was stupid. And I'm stupid now. I think it's, you know... I think it, it's it's worth having these conversations because it is you know we have to destigmatize these things you know what honestly because here's the thing like i am at fault for being a moron the majority of the time but also some of my being a moron in relation to just having a human body in general even as an adult because a lot of those stories are for me is like a, a child or is a tweet um but even as an adult you know a lot of my moronimity nor more something moronness is that uh, comes from the fact that I don't know anything about having a human body, and that we live in a system where, or society, society, where um, I've been enabled to know nothing about having a human body. And it's my fault for it not asking the right questions, but it's also the precedent to discover the right questions shouldn't necessarily fall on us when we allegedly have systems and curriculums in place that make it so that we don't have to ask the right questions all the time, or that if we do have questions we want to ask, we should have a platform to ask them. So, like, you know, where I went to school, the health ed was not great, like, straight up, which probably enabled a lot of the stigma that I felt and a lot of the stupidity that I, like, not to retroactively label it stupidity, but, you know, there was nobody that ever told me you couldn't mind over matter cramps. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit my fault for being stupid enough to think that I could anyway. But, like, there's nobody that, you know, there were never any conversations about, like, you can take pain-relieving medication, or you can access birth control if it's something that feels good to you. Or, like, you know, there was never any destigmatization of carry something with you, and this is how you use it. You know what I mean? Like, we were never taught about, like, it was already such a stigma to carry a tampon with you. We were never taught about, like, 
well, if you do Haven to Haven one on you, this is what you do with it. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about getting like graphic with it. Obviously not. This should all be taught it like a very child safe, child friendly or teen safe, teen friendly level. Something I really like about the U Church is that they very specifically, I've been on their website, where they very specifically break down like teaching kids about identity and having a human body and that sort of thing into little chunks that kids at a certain age can typically understand. So like, you know, when, when a child's very, very, very young, you don't want to like plow ahead and be like tampons, don't put the plastic inside yourself or you're a cunt. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to, you don't want to do that angle. When a child's incredibly young, you want to be like, oops, sorry. Excuse me. I was drinking a carbonated, carbonated water. Um, when a child's very young, like, I like the way that the UU church does and a lot of more progressive schools do it now, where it's, like, understanding, like, the most baseline of consent. Like, if somebody touches you, not even, like, you know what I mean? If somebody touches your arm and it feels funny, y you can pull away, you can say no, you can tell an adult. And, like, they'd sort of, like, building a safety net, building a baseline understanding for consent, building a baseline of bodily autonomy. That you can then build on is people's bodies change, is people learn their, their genders and sexualities more, is people mature and develop relationships and feelings, or don't develop relationships and feelings, because also, um, you know, I feel like it would have saved a lot of people, myself included, if things like a asexuality and aromanticism were also included in um, sex ed and that sort of thing, and those sort of teachings about, like, this is what it means to be human, this is what it means to be in a human body. Like, you know, if in health class there was, because, I mean, I could do a whole episode on health class, but I can just not do it now. Like, you know, like what I was saying, where there wasn't any discussion of, like, there wasn't any discussion of, like, with the period thing, they just went straight forward, and they were like, you're going to have one, and um, this is what you, you know, you might want to pop a pad on, but fuck you if you want to know where they come from. Fuck you if you want to know whether or not you can keep one in your backpack at school. Fuck you if you want to know, like, other options, like cups or IUDs or, like, you know, like, uh, the, the next planon implant in your arm to make it stop. Like, you know, nothing. Fuck you. Um, you know, and fuck you if you ask your teacher to help you into your locker, I guess. And it was kind of it. It was kind of, it was kind of like the for everything in health class, which I think was like, I mean, obviously they didn't say fuck you, but I think it was very unhelpful to have that sort of attitude towards students. Where like, you know, with the eight students only education, it was like, you're going to have sex. Fuck you if you think you're not. And fuck you if you get pregnant from it. And fuck you if you consider abortion. And it's like, maybe fuck you. Maybe. Just maybe. Fuck you. And fuck whoever put this curriculum in place. Because like, not every student's going to have, not every uh, AFAB student is going to have a period, like, honestly, like, some people might get, like, some people may be infertile, some people may not develop in a way that they might have a period, some people may find out they're intersex, and some intersex people are not, uh, able to have periods, some are, you know, somebody could find NATO down the line, you know, um, somebody may get a hysterectomy, some of them might go on T, and they might stop their period, you know what I mean, so, um, Ugh. You know, it's just like there were so many unknowns that and also but also they're not really unknowns. They, they just treated them as unknowns. You know what I mean? Like they treated the concept of not having one is an unknown. And because they were like, haha, I've never 
ever heard of it before in my life, I don't have to educate you about it. And if it happens to you, whoopsie, uh, <laughs> whoopsie daisies. Um, and it's kind of fucked up. And I think that they, it would have, it would have saved a lot of kids and it would have saved a lot of adults and it would have saved a lot of fucking time. And it would have saved this entire episode of the podcast if there had been, I'm not the first person to say it, but if there had been more exclusive, exclusivity, inclusivity, more explicit detail, not, you know, graphic, but more like, instead of blanket statements, maybe just, I mean, I know that they, they can't go into every single person's everything, but like, you know, more like, you know, even just like when they, when they separate us into boys and girls, right? First of all, the, I went with the girls, but, cause I, cause I had to, um, but, uh, <laughs> it was something, but even then it was like, so one dimensional and I get that they can't explain every single everything, but it very much the message that we got was your body will do X, Y, Z and your body will look like X, Y, Z and that sort of thing. Like there was never like, you know, and I think that they probably harmed a lot of people because growing up, going through puberty, that sort of thing, my body doesn't look like, you know, the bodies that I've seen represented everywhere. A lot of people don't, you know, I got big hips, little titties. That's fucking weird, according to people. And it's like, it's not, this is just what's happening, bro. I got my little titties and my fat belly. I'm just like a fucking Princess Nokia song. It's fucking cool. Uh, that girl is a tomboy. Um, but, um, that's a, that's a good song. Check, check, check the out. Check, 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 check it out. <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, I, I think, like I was saying earlier about, like, the blanket statement, and I'm sure also that this happened on the AMAB side of things, when they, um, not that it should be sides, when they separate boys and girls, you can't see me doing air quotes, but I promise I am, and, you know, they make the boys watch the video, the video, it was, it was the, it's what we called it, um, you know, and that sort of thing. I'm sure there are a lot of boys that came away from that that now feel kind of weird because they just fed into a whole society thing of like when you grow up into an adult, your body will look like this and your body will do certain things. And it's like, well, what about not? You know what I mean? What about erectile dysfunction? What about like, you know, boys that don't grow up into men that have sex pick apes? They should be okay. What about, you know, more heavy set people? Or what about, you know, people that are maybe shorter, or that sort of thing, or people that have, like, any sort of, like, you know, infertility thing going on, or anything like that, you know what I mean? And it's just, like, I mean, like I said, you can't, nobody can do everything, but it, it would have, the inclusivity is really what matters. Like, what I was trying to say earlier, before I sidetracked myself, like, a million fucking times, I'm sorry, COVID brain fog, I really, also, I really hope this is making sense, because I'm, I'm, like, fighting through the brain fog to make this point. <coughs> I'm sorry. And I do genuinely hope that it is a point worth making. It is when other people make it. I just hope it's coming across correct when I do it. Um, it's cool when I do it. It's a problem when they do it, but strike the reverse it. Anyway, it's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Um, but, you know, um, you know, the blanket statement of, like, everybody will have sex, you know, and it will result in something negative unless you wait until marriage and you use protection. Um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think that it would have been very beneficial. As somebody that does fall on the asexual spectrum, and I have a lot of people close to me that also fall on the asexual spectrum, and as somebody that's also sexual pulse, highly, incredibly, that was damaging to hear about. 
Um, you know, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, you know, it was psychologically damaging. Like I mentioned earlier, like the, the, and I, I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one for this one, but I know that I'm not the only one because, you know, I've been on like Avon, like the asexuality, um, the, the website, it's not right, but, um, I don't identify as full asexual. I, I, I don't identify as full bisexual. Um, yeah, I just kind of am queer. I love all genders in a different life or in a in a different set of circumstances maybe i would be a little more open to uh having sexual encounters with 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 uh people of all genders but you know things are going the way they're going so you know it's a complicated thing but it would have been really empowering i guess or even just like consoling to to you know to hear about like Hey man, some people are celibate. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some people are celibate forever. You know what I mean? Some people find empowerment in it. Some people aren't like actively fighting their demons of horny or like whatever. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, it it, it you know it it definitely is, well. I mentioned earlier like my intrusive thoughts and my compulsive thoughts and obsessive thoughts and ruminating thoughts about like I would have the ones about toxic shock syndrome after the pregnancy movie. I had compulsive thoughts about pregnancy, um, because it wasn't, like, super explained super in-depth, and also, like, even if it was, my mental illness probably would have been, like, hey, it doesn't matter, but I would definitely be having the magical thinking thoughts about pregnancy, where I'd be like, okay, if I do, if I, I have to do a solo in G-Span, because I was in G-Span, which, um, hey, man, if we want to talk about celibacy, but anyway, um, <laughs> Um, I'm sure most cheese musicians get laid, not dopey, uh, slightly chubby white kids on the, on a broken vintage tenor saxophone that they stole from their dad. But, you know, I think, I think most adult cheese musicians probably get laid and honestly good for them. The majority of adults get laid and fucking good for them. And if they, you know, if they don't want to do that, good for them for not wanting to, you know what I mean? But, um, so, you know, I, I would definitely be like, okay. I gotta stand up, gotta do a fucking solo, because they're gonna make me do a fucking solo. If I fucking plonk a note, if I fucking fuck up at all, boom, instant pregnant. And it's like, that's not how that works. You know what I mean? I would just be constantly like, if I fail my meth test, I'm gonna be pregnant, I'm gonna have to carry it to term, I'm gonna fucking die, I'm gonna kill myself, I'm gonna fucking die. It's like, you know, it would have been, I think that, you know, my mental illness was gonna do whatever, no matter what. But at the same time, it also would have been more difficult for those thoughts to form and to have a baseline in my head if, you know, if it hadn't been taught, you're going to have sex. If you're in an AFib body, pregnancy is a huge fucking scare that you have to live with and sit with and think about every fucking day of your teenage to adult life. And it's like, <laughs> do, do I? Why? Um, so, yeah. I just, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I mean, I'm very maybe unique in that it was, it, it was my takeaway, that it was my issue with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean unique in a good way. I mean unique is that I'm sure there are people listening to this that are just like, holy fucking shit, bro. What? It's like, yeah, okay. Leave me alone. I want you to. I'm schizotypal. I'm not a, I'm not a super people person person. I am, but I'm, you know... I'm a weirdo. I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. Uh, I love that song. Anyway, oh my god, shout out Jinx Munch soon. Fucking love. It's probably my favorite cover of that song. Um, the song Creep, for anyone wondering. Um, but 
Yeah. Man. Anyway, periods. Is an adult now. I, uh, uh, maybe, you know what? How do I end this on a high note? I should probably, I'm sorry. I hope that the rant made sense. It's something I, like, it's not the first time I've ever said any of this stuff, but it's definitely something that I've been meaning to get off my chest for a while, and also, like, would like to use this platform for. In addition to making fun of myself for not knowing a single goddamn thing and de trying to destigmatize, like, embarrassing blunders and that sort of things that people may have hid with their changing bodies, like, and even now, as adults, I still fuck it up. I fucked up the fucking conversation, you know, a few, few fucking, uh, like, months ago, where I, my coworker was like, bleeding everywhere, huh? Just, like, you're shaking a ketchup bottle, and it's like, literally, that is not what I'm saying to you, okay? I'm playing on your rules. You're the one being obtuse. But, <coughs> whatevs. But, um, let's see. Maybe Wikipedia what works. Okay, so, um, I also figured out why I say okay like that. It comes from, uh, Dancing Leisha Timbai from Eurovision. He's like, okay, it's the end. Love it. Exquisite. Great song. Great performance. Don't know if they won. Think they should have. Anyway, I actually, I don't know any of the other songs that year, so I can't say that. Um, but, uh, check the video too. La, la, la. I'm like trying to collect my thoughts. How do I, I've never end these positively, so I'm, I'm snarling. Okay, ending these positively. What does work? You know, I, I, I've told a lot of stories about growing up and having a period and sucking at it and still kind of sucking as an adult, but at different things. And it's like, okay, what does work? Let's hear it from a trans person. What do, what do trans people do? Well, you know, honestly, like I said earlier, everyone's experience is different and it depends. So like, you know, some people that are also a fib might um, go on testosterone. And something that it does for a lot of people is halts periods. Um, some people get like spotting and that sort of thing. But um, tea, not right for me. Um, I'm still part of the T in the acronym uh, LGBT, um, QIA, uh, 2S plus. I, 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 I'm good at letters. Um, but, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not, go I'm not going on T, you know what I mean? I don't do HRT. I fully support the part of people's transition. It's just, there were changes that I wouldn't necessarily want for myself and that I wouldn't really feel fully comfortable with, but I do absolutely support it in any of its forms for people that want it. You can do it gel. You can do it, uh, with the shot. You can do it, um, am I missing one? I think I got it. Is there a pitch? I think there might be a pitch, but don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, you know, hell yeah, man. You know, if this is something that feels correct for you, absolutely go for it. Uh, you know, Planned Parenthood in many states is able to do that. Um, so hell yeah, I wish everybody the best on their tea journey. Some people's tea journey is not being on tea at all. I'm one of those people. So, um, and there should be no shame in it too. Hell yeah, show to, show to people like me. And, you know, people are always like, it can change. And sure, maybe for some people it does. Like I said, it's a journey. For some people it doesn't. I know that I'm going to be one of those people that for some people it doesn't. I think that's also something that should be respected. I know that's difficult for a lot of people, but hey man, we're all in this. We're all in this together. Now is a great time for singing. <laughs> um, so... Uh, respect differences and uh, uplift other voices and leave me the fuck alone. Anyway, um, so it's not an option for me. So I do still get periods. Also, birth control. I know that works for a lot of people. 
not stoked about birth control for myself. Um, I, you know, I've looked into it and I'm just like, it's fine. You know what I mean? I'm not a sexually active person. And, um, I really, 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 really don't want an explodon thing in my arm. Do not want. And I think it's cool, but the fact that you can feel it, I would just like touch it all the time and then I'd get worried about it and I'd be like, did I touch it too much? And you know, I'd be like, I'd probably feel the wrong arm and be like, did it fucking fall out? And just go over to the hospital. I'm not smart enough to have one of those. Okay. Similarly, IUD, um, not a big fan of people reaching inside of me, which I know is not what it is, but I just, yeah, it's not something that interests me. Uh, the pill is not something that interests me. I think it is really important that people should have access to those things as well. As well, people should also have access to HRT. They want it. People should have access to birth control that wants it. And any sort of legislation that tries to roll back anybody's access to any of this shit is incredibly fucked up and a violation of human rights. People need birth control. It's for different reasons. It shouldn't fucking matter to you what the reason is. People need it. It's a person. It should be a person's choice whether or not they access it. And for some people, it's not a choice. They genuinely like, like, for some people, it helps with certain conditions. Like, if they have a condition that causes incredibly painful periods, they absolutely need birth control. And if anyone ever takes it away from them, it's absolutely a violation of their human rights. It's fucked up. So, I know I didn't change anything by saying that, but God, I wish I did. But anyway, I'm not on birth control, but I do respect people that do take it. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to fight for people that maybe aren't able to take it because their state is fucked up. Or, if, you know, if it's happening in any country other than the U.S., it's not good, too. So um, there's the it. Uh, meds. I already discussed what kind of meds work. Ibuprofen, because it tastes the best. Does it taste good? No. But it tastes the best. It's something. Um, as far as options for putting the thingy where the blood goes into the thingy. Um, I respect people that use tampons. I really do. I really do. Um, after the applicator incident, I've never wanted to try again. I know I know more now. I'm more educated. Still not willing to. Not a huge fan of putting something inside of myself, to be honest. Which is, sorry, which is actually completely ironic because I do use cups. Um, I know there's the Diva cups. And uh, I use the Swift cups. Um, <coughs> so you just pinch it, squeeze it inside. Um, I do think I have a pretty heavy glove, so it doesn't like, it doesn't catch everything, but the cool thing is you can leave it up for up to 12 hours, which is really great. Um, so I, you know, I enjoy those. I know that some people super hard no on putting anything inside themselves, and I think that's fair, and I think that it's a, uh, it's a boundary that shouldn't be violated. Nobody should have to do something with their body that they don't want to, or may not be medically able to do. It might be very difficult for somebody to insert something for any reason, and it's not something that should be shamed. And, you know, it's not something that a lot of people can change, okay? Because I know there's probably at least one incel listening to this, and it's like, you know, you could only put a cup inside your... First of all, it's not the size of a drinking glass, okay? If you're wondering, it's probably like... Even though people have put those inside themselves before, but I'm sure there's one insult listening being like, you know, you can probably only put a cup inside yourself because you're a rough-and-tumble whore with blown-out roast beef, beef pussy lips. And it's like, go, go educate yourself. I know I just said it's difficult to access this education, um, but, you know, do it, please. Um... 
Now, other than the eight pants, I think work great. There's also period underwear, which I haven't tried yet. I'd be interested in. I've heard mixed reviews about the absorbency, so I feel like I would have to wear period underwear with um, something else with it. And I think that's okay. Uh, but those are definitely a super eco-friendly option. Um, so, yeah. There's all sorts of shit out there. I'm sure there's shit I'm missing, and I'm sorry. I know that it's wrong of me to do. But, um, yeah, so, you, you know, you've heard it here first. Some people have periods, some people don't, regardless of anything, really. And so, um, yeah, it's just my little my little stories from my little corner of the Internet. And this is all because somebody thought that I was just finger painting the walls with my own period blood and only decided to not think that anymore when I took a period out of my bag and gave it to a person in need. Speaking of people in, in need, homeless shelters a lot of the time need PIDs. I haven't done it in a while because I have COVID, so I feel a little weird about like sending things. Obviously, I'm not going to send something that I've touched recently to anyone anywhere. But, um, you know, I used to, not to break, but I knit a lot of hats. And when I do donations to homeless shelters with hats, I also try to include socks. Um, which I have to buy because I can't figure out how to knit socks yet. But I'm getting there in pants and menstrual supplies because um, a lot of times they're, you know, it's, there've been like, I've seen like a lot of articles. I think there's like documentaries or at least like little YouTube documentaries about like the difficulty of being a person who can menstruate uh, and being homeless. That's a whole separate thing that like, like, this is kind of what I was saying earlier. Everybody's experience is different. You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole other side of the conversation that, like, society isn't even ready to have yet because they're not even ready to, like, destigmatize the fact that it even happens. You know what I mean? Like, society's so fucking hung up on, like, shushing the fact that some people can get a period that it's already, like, that it makes it so difficult and mind-blowing on the ends of people that don't know to, like, talk about, like, you know, the 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 different intersections of in, in complications that can come from people having periods you know what i mean where it's like they're already so like Shh, don't talk about it nobody's supposed to know that it happens so it's like great so now you know you'll never know about and you'll never be able to have conversations and help in cases where help is needed there'll never be any like support not never but you know what i mean it's ensuring that it's very difficult to find support and resources and information about like you know periods and homeless people you know what I mean? It's it's a barrier to access right there because it's so stigmatized that people are like, well, nobody has it. And they, so we also don't think about the homeless at all ever. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Think about think, think about it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining any of this good. I'm really sorry. But hey, thanks for thank you for hanging out. Genuinely, this one was actually a lot of fun to do, Um, you know, <laughs> I was a dumb kid. I'm a dumb adult, but I want to make the world a better place. And this episode obviously didn't do it, but hey, man, I'm receptive. I'm receptive. Hit me up. Let me know. Or you don't have to also as well. I will continue to do my research and figure it out myself. I actually I'm looking at a book right now is in I'm not actively reading it, but I'm staring at it because it's it's on my shelf. Hi. Hi, book. Uh, it's called Trans Bodies, Trans Selves. And I I bought it and I haven't actually read it. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid. I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be well written. And when I do eventually read it, I will probably do an episode on it. I do want to do more episodes about books. I think it's a very important book to do. Um, but like, <laughs> I know I said that I'm like, 
you know, because I'm gender fluid, like dysphoria and in, in, in transitioning options and that sort of thing, it's complicated, you know what I mean? So, and I'll do an episode on these too, but I, I, I need to be in like a very specific, excuse me, sorry, mood to read it. So they like, when they bring up top surgery, I'm not like, Hey, where's mine? You know what I mean? Get like super incredibly like morbidly dysphoric. Um, I'm not going to get top surgery and most of the time I'm okay with it, but shit fluctuates. Hey, it's fluid. It's it's the whole thing. So, um, yeah. But I would be interested to see what they say about um, periods and HRT and uh, just in general. Because also, the whole other aspect of the conversation nobody wants to talk about, periods can occur in trans feminine people that are on HRT, where they will get, like, the cramping and that sort of thing. And people are all like, blah, 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 it's not real. It's real. Okay? It's happening. Like, and so it's a whole other side of the conversation that I'm not qualified to speak on at all. And it's like, it's another barrier where people are always, like I was saying earlier, people are always so, already so freaked out about trans bodies. And there's the, 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 the hyper visibility and invisibility of trans bodies at the same time, especially depending on the type of trans body you have, heavier quotes, where it's like, you know, people are already so, it's just transphobia. It's just, it's just, I think there needs to be a word for just, like, overwhelming fear of the human body, and then it also intersects with things like misogyny, and racism, and ableism, and, you know, like, just, like, everything, man. Dude, I mean, I'm not even high right now, but dude, like, the world is fucked, man, but I really do hope that things get better soon. And I, there is, There has been a lot of progress. The fact that, you know, it's a shit fuck tiny little platform but and i'm a nobody but the fact that i can even say any of this shit and the fact that i even have any of the information that i have now even though it's not nearly as much of the information as i need is already kind of a sign of progress you know what i mean like the fact that anybody has the information that they have now you know sex ed in schools is slowly hopefully getting better that sort of thing. The fact that there even is a book, The Care and Keeping of You, that was published at the time it was published, and was, for the most part, pretty accurate. What? <laughs> like, that's a sign of progress, but the sign of progress happening now doesn't mean that things have to stop. Like, progress should continue progressing. That's the whole thing. I'm sorry. I, this, <laughs> I, I, it's getting late and my neighbors don't want to hear my voice anymore, but I do... I do really appreciate you guys listening to to this podcast in general, and also this episode in specific. Um, this one, uh, it was fun to make. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if it was weird. Uh, it's a lot of shit that, you know, I look back, I don't look back on it often, but I laugh when I do. Um, and also, I think it brings up a lot of great points. And I think also, there are more great points that can be brought up by other people, and it's important to continue COVID brain fuck. It's important to continue to listen and to, to educate ourselves and to read books like My Body, Myself, or Trans Bodies, Trans Selves, and different articles written by different people, and to respect different people's experiences. And, like, you know, nobody owes you their experience, but if someone's a fucking blabber mouth like me, maybe they'll, uh, Maybe they'll do a whole podcast uh, devoted to, hey, I don't fire hose my period around. Just saying. So thank you guys for coming along in this episode. Sorry for my voice. Sorry for the coughing. Huh, third time's the charm. COVID is here. Um, and, you know, I hope it's over soon. Um, and, you know, thanks. Uh, um, but uh, so, fuck, brain fuck, brain fuck, brain fuck. I also, I like, not feeling well, so I haven't, like, eaten a lot, so I'm very, like, 
lightheaded. Uh, so I should probably go eat some food. Uh, I should probably turn this off. And I won't see you next time. And you won't see me next time. And I won't hear from you next time because it's a one-way video medium. But you'll hear from me next time. Bye. I love you guys.